Congratulations, you are tuned into the number one podcast where life has no limits. Your host, Joan Kaler, is the founder of Joan Kaler Counseling and Consulting International. Joan consults with clients around the world to help them reach their full potential with emotional freedom techniques, chakra balancing, and cognitive behavior therapy. Joan is a sought-after speaker, trainer, and consultant. Now, here is Joan. Welcome back, everyone, to Life Without Limits, where there are no limits to what you can achieve, especially with EFT tapping. I am here with my guest, Lori Lamont, part two, discussing surrogate tapping, which is so totally cool. Lori, explain to everyone what surrogate tapping is. So surrogate tapping, I'm assuming that you're familiar with what normal tapping is. So. Yeah. <laughs> So, so what we do is, um, some say, say a child is having a problem. You would think about that child. You would tune into that child and you would hopefully use their words, whatever you know that they're feeling. And I'll give some examples and you tap on yourself. So, um, you know, Joan, if you would ask me to surrogately tap for you, I would just tune into you and, and you could say, you said, oh, I have a headache. Can you surrogately tap for me? I would tune into Joan's headache and, and I would actually tap on myself while thinking about Joan. And I know it sounds completely bizarre. Um, and to be honest, I didn't start using it until about a year and a half. And I've been certified since 2014 because I really didn't understand it. And I didn't think, um, I didn't really grasp the power behind it. But once I learned, now it's something that I do all the time, especially as a parent, especially as a parent. <laughs> so do you get, as a parent, do you get child's, you just tell them I'm going to tap for you or you don't even tell them or get permission. You just go ahead. I know for adults, um, yes. for adults, I, you want permission for adults. You want permission, right? You can't tap. If something's bothering you about your spouse, you can't just no. tap because they were being your ag. You tap your aggravation. You right. don't tap on them. You tap right. yourself. Exactly. <laughs> there, there are some different schools of thought with the whole ethics of tapping. I actually wrote something on it. Um, everyone has, every, you know, there's different spectrums from some people say, well, you know, you wouldn't ask if you could pray for someone. So maybe you could circulate tap for someone. And other people say, absolutely not. It's energetic. You're energetically um, and affecting them. So I think it's important that you do what's right for you. Um, I personally don't tap for other people unless they've asked me to, unless they've given me permission or asked me to. I do, however, tap for my children and I don't ask for permission with them. Um, but what I have seen, and I'll talk about that, is the only time it's effective is if it's for their highest good. And because I have surrogately tapped for them, and it has not been effective. And um, in 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 that one particular case where it did not work, uh, there was a situation at school. There was something bigger happening, so my child's anxiety that was presenting itself to me that was trying that was tapping on surrogately, it needed to be addressed through the school. It didn't, he, he kind of needed to be feeling what he was feeling in those and, and have it be dealt with in a bigger. So it wasn't, it was not, it was not to help him. So I tried it twice and it wasn't helping. I was like, all right, I guess that's not. And then I gave it a couple of days and sure enough, 
the right the right solution came about. So um, I've since learned that if it um you know if it's not for their best, if it's not to help them, then it's it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Quite frankly, right. Um, can you yes? Can you give us an example yes. of some yeah? So um, my so the first time that uh, that I did this, one of my daughters was feeling dizzy, mm. and it had been going on for off and on for about a month. And we had been to the doctor, and we had altered her diet, and made sure she had enough sleep, and we did all the things that we could think of. But every day it was, "I'm dizzy. I'm just dizzy." Mm. Um, and that particular day, the nurse had called me and said, you know, she's been to my office three times because she's dizzy. I think I'm going to send her home. There's no other reason. I don't really have a reason. She's no fever or anything, but she's clearly not learning. And I think she just needs to go to bed. So it's okay. So I picked her up and, and I had that voice that said, why don't you surrogately tap for her? And I really, up until this moment, I kind of thought surrogate tapping was a little bit too out there for me. Like it just seemed a little bit too strange. And I didn't, I just didn't, I, but I, I tried, right? Cause at this point I'm like, I'll try anything. What am I going to do? Right. So all I did was I thought about my daughter and I just tapped, even though I'm dizzy, I'm still a great kid. And even though I'm dizzy, I'm still a great kid. And I, I'm tapping through, I'm dizzy, I'm dizzy, I'm dizzy. And I think it was here. The word popped into my head. I'm nervous. Oh. Uh-huh. So I just kept going. I'm nervous. I'm nervous. I'm nervous. And then I did one more round. I said, even though I'm nervous, I'm still a great kid. And I just did a round of nervous. And that was it. Two rounds. What is that? Like four minutes? Five? Like it was not a lot of tapping. Mm-hmm. And then I, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes went by. And then I went in and checked on her. And she's putting on her leotard and she's getting all ready to go out roller skating. I'm like, she, she does a uh, figure roller skating. And I said, what are you doing? And she said, I'm getting ready for skating. And I said, aren't you dizzy? Because she can't go roller skating. She's dizzy. She's dizzy. I said, aren't you dizzy? And she said, no. And she just kind of looked at me like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and I'm like, a month of my life of her feeling dizzy and trying to figure out what the hell's going on. And, and all you did was do surrogate tapping. Two rounds. Uh, two rounds of surrogate tapping. And it was, it was dizzy and then nervous. So then I was like, ooh, what else could I, hmm, where else could I use this? You know, we start getting that thought. Mm-hmm. So then it's, you know, um, I mean, I have all ranges of children. So I have like adult children, teenage children, younger children. <laughs> so I started using it. Um, one, one would come home and they're upset about whatever and don't want to talk and storming off into a room. And I just take whatever I, whatever nugget I can get from them, you know, like I'm mad about this. And then they, you know, so then I'd go off into my room and I just tap. And I'd be like, I'm so mad. And I just use their words, whatever they mm-hmm. said. Um, and that's just how I feel. <laughs> just tap and I just, I'm so mad. And think about that child or, you know, young adult. And, and one, two rounds. I don't think it, it's not like a whole session's worth. It's like, I've never done more than I think four rounds for surrogate tapping. I, it's just, you just, it's just enough, right? I feel like what we're doing is we're just kind of like pushing it. Like, like just, just giving that energy a chance to move. Just, just enough to, it's like at that tipping yeah. point, you know, just, I just want to give it a little nudge. I'm not trying to control it. Mm-hmm. I just want to help them process whatever they're feeling. Yes, yes, yes. So 
and every single time, whatever, whatever kid it is, within like 10 minutes, they're back downstairs or they're, or they're, or I'll go in and check on them and they're completely like every, everything has completely washed away. And, um, some of my kids can really hold on, hold on to feelings for a long time. I know some kids it's like, you know, they're, they're switching back and forth, but I do have some kids that they'll, they'll hold it for days if, if, if they can, you know, that angry. And in fact, I found the more I did it with my children, the faster the results. So there was this one day where one of my, one of my kids had stormed off to their room, slammed the door. And I just walked upstairs and I knocked on the door. I said, can I come in? No, get out of here. Leave me alone. You know, whatever, doing their thing. And I just stood outside the door and I just tapped in my head. You know, I want her to get out of here and leave me alone. Um, I'm still a good kid. And I'm, I just tap, I didn't, I didn't even make it to my chin. And the, and then I hear, are you still out there? Yep. Can you come in now? Yep. Come in, snuggle. And so what I've learned is it works really, really well with like tantrums. It works really, really well with when the kids are feeling like, you know, they're just overwhelmed with emotions. And, um, and then you go in and then you talk and then, and then that's, and then they, then they tend to open up. This is what's really, this is what I'm upset about. Okay. And then we can talk about that. Wow. And it just, it just sets, it, I don't know how to explain it. it. It just, it opens the door. I think a lot of times the kids physically and figuratively, they shut the door. Right. Yes. And they don't, they don't want you around and they, they just want to sit there and wallow in whatever they're feeling. And it just mm-hmm. opens it a little bit. Before you tap, you are centered and grounded. So yes, that's make a good point. Sh- make sure, yes, yes. Make thank sure. you for saying that. Yeah. So it doesn't work if you're feeling like like if I was could yeah. I mean, there's been times where I'm all fired up and I you no you can't tap for somebody else until you're completely centered and grounded. Um, otherwise, it's it's futile. It's not gonna. I need to throw this in, but if it's a medical condition, make sure they've been to the doctor first to get cleared. And then when the doctor, like in your daughter's case, said, I don't know what's going on, but she's not learning here. So, or that was the school nurse. Right. I'm sending her home. So once all medical interventions have been exhausted and nobody can figure it out, definitely, I mean, you can tap while surrogate mm-hmm. tap while they're at the doctor or while they're going through any right. medical right. treatment, but you have to rule that out. Yes. And first. we did do that. We, we had been to the doctor and we had done all sorts of things, but, um, and it would never be appropriate to do it instead of. No, 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 no. This, <laughs> this is why this is called integrative. Exactly. It's exactly. not either or it's included. Exactly. Yes. And then, um, and then I, I wanted to share this, so I I, I reached out to uh, Autumn Energy Event. They they were an energy event that happens here in Massachusetts, um, and I want and I spoke about surrogate tapping, and the theme for the surrogate tapping, er, the theme for the whole event was birth and rebirth, mm. and so everybody had to somehow incorporate their whatever they were talking about with birth or rebirth. So I had planned on. Just so, so, so what we ended up doing was um, I had a friend who was pregnant and she was 20 weeks pregnant and her water broke um, and she had been on bed rest in the hospital. And at that point, 
And I had, I had spoken to her and asked her for permission. I said, you know, would it be okay with you if I had a group of a hundred EFT practitioners surrogately tapping for you? And she was like, yes, please, please. Um, and so what we did was, you know, and I shared her story about how she's in the hospital and currently most of the doctors are encouraging her to terminate the pregnancy. They're saying that the baby's not going to survive. And if it does, it will be a very difficult journey. And, and so it was very emotional. It was very, um, it, it, there was a lot, there was a lot happening for this mom. And so I shared the story with, with the group and, um, I had like a big board, you know, and I said, so I want everybody to just kind of take a moment and tune into this mom. What is she feeling? And so they're all throwing what they felt that she was feeling words at me and I'm writing them all down. And then we just tapped on those feelings. We tapped on, even though I'm feeling helpless and hopeless and, and, you know, all, all these feelings that we, we perceived that she was feeling and we tapped on those feelings and we said, and we, um, and then I said, okay, what does she need? What, what, what are her, what are the resources we need to give her? And so we tapped on, even though I'm feeling these, these feelings, I'm, you know, we're open, um, you know, I'm open to healing. I'm open to the perfect and right solution and, and things like that. And then, um, and then what we ended up doing was we, I said, you know, remember in beauty, uh, Sleeping Beauty, when the fairies would come and bestow their blessing on the baby in the in the crib, you know, I said, let's all I want you to all think of yourselves as fairy godmothers and fairy godfathers. And and um, what what's the blessing that you want to give to this baby? And um, her name was baby it was hope that she had been born yet. But that was we had already known it was hope. And what better name than to give this baby? And so we did. Uh, we just tapped silently and each person closed their eyes and they just um, tuned into the energy of this baby and this, this mother and this child. And they just kind of like fire hosed whatever their blessing was mm-hmm. towards this baby. And um, it was really remarkable. It was uh, the next day, the perspective from all the doctors had changed Nothing had really necessarily changed medically at that point, but the doctors had said, because the majority of the doctors were really pushing to terminate and really pushing to, to just be done. And um, they had all changed their perspective and, and they had become optimistic. And then, and then it's, you know, within another week, it was, well, maybe we can try this. And, and it just got bad, you know, it more and more momentum. And then, um, and then eventually baby hope was born and um she's she just had her year anniversary of when the water broke so so she hasn't so it hasn't been her birthday yet but i mean this whole process had started a year ago and um and she's alive and i mean she's she has health complications but but um certainly certainly much much better than than they had originally um you know estimated that is truly an EFT miracle. Really is. Surrogate tapping was definitely. Yes. <clears throat> Something that I want to tell everyone that's listening and watching out there too. Laura Lamont comes from the highest quality of training. And certainly I've been doing this since 1996. So I'm an original tapper. Yeah. When you choose someone to help you tap, 
you want somebody who's certified. And ladies and gentlemen, here's my bias. There are three, I know of three places where the quality of certification is exceptional. EFT International, where Lori and I are from, the Association for Comprehensive Energy Psychology, I have dual certification with them too, and anyone trained by Dr. Peter Stapleton in Australia. Okay, so those are the three places that you can rest assured that the training is of the highest standard. We have to be mentored. We have to have so many hours of mentorship for EFT International every two years. I mean, it's a grueling training. It's not just I went for a weekend and learned how to tap. No. no. So when you, when you choose a practitioner to help you, Lori is an expert with families. I am an expert with, well, life. But um, trichotillomania, dermatillomania, OCD, body-focused repetitive behaviors in addition to anxiety, panic attacks, and depression. Um, so when you choose someone, make sure that they have the training and the experience to help you. And also, let's just throw in, I'm a licensed professional counselor in Pennsylvania. So there you go. Um, I did want to make mention of that because I am passionate about making sure that people get the highest quality when they look for help. Mm -hmm. Okay. So having said that, (laughs) and Lori and I meet those qualifications. So having said that, what we're going to do is, Go on to part three, which is getting to the bottom of it. So stay tuned for part three. And Lori, you are absolutely fascinating. I love them. These are true stories, people. This isn't anything made up. EFT works with. Okay, let me rephrase that. EFT can work if you use it. If you don't use it, it's not going to work. That's right. Okay, stay tuned for part three. And thank you, everybody who's watching and listening. Please share all these podcasts with someone you love and rate them in iTunes so other people can hear them too. So stay tuned. Hi, everyone. I wanted to let you know that, as you can see by the picture behind me, I used to pull my hair out and I used to be bald. And then I stopped and I grew my hair back. And then I developed thyroid issues I have hypothyroidism, and I started losing my hair again, and I was devastated. So my stylist introduced me to a product called Zenagen, Z-E-N-A-G-E-N, and it helped me grow my hair back. So this is all mine, okay? So far, I've been using it two years, and I've grown my hair back for the volume has increased by 40%. Now, the same thing can happen to you. If you choose to try it, go to Xenogen.com and then at checkout, put in the code Joan, J-O-A-N 15, and you will get 15% off your purchase. So if you have hair loss, not due to alopecia, and you stop pulling out your hair, You might want to try this because it works for me. Thank you very much. 
Contact Joan at JoanKaler.com for training, speaking, or consultation. Follow Joan on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Remember to share what you learned today with others because there are no limits to what you can achieve.